from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Adam, good job getting the intro there. I was a little worried that you were sort of lost in space and were actually going to miss the intro, which has happened once before. So congratulations for paying attention. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really trying. Everyone's trying these days, and I'm, I'm trying to do my little part. <laughs> well, you are doing your little part in our apartment. Uh, you're doing a lot of baking and a lot of gardening. And so I want to talk about that for a moment. Tell our listeners about the various home improvement, home baking projects that you're doing these days. Yeah, so when I first moved into the apartment, there were a bunch of home improvement projects that I got to do. I got to build our bike closet, got to rewire some lamps, stuff like that. And and that's because I work for a company where we have beach time, where it's in between projects where you get paid, but you don't have work to do day to day. And that meant I was in the house a lot, somewhat similar to what's happening right now. So in a similar vein, I'm coming up with more and more projects and the projects have been beautifying the patio in order to facilitate work from home on the porch. So as you said, gardening is the big thing. And we made one trip to Home Depot and bought some soil and plants, but that was a walking trip. Today, my parents actually went to Home Depot, or as I like to call it, the homeless death spot to pick up stuff for my grandfather. Because my grandfather, he was getting a little uh, nervous because his big thing in spring is to plant a massive herb garden on their little porch. And he hasn't been able to get outside to pick stuff up. So my parents said, we will go pick stuff up for you. And as part of that, they said, well, look, if we're going to Home Depot, we may as well pick up stuff for my sister who has a roof and for you. So they came by this morning, dropped off three bags of soil, more planters and lots of plants. So the plants we have right now, we've got some tomato plants. We've got some radishes that we've grown from seed. We have some collard greens which we're really excited about. Mm. We've got some red leaf lettuce. We've got some romaine. Um, and then we've also got a couple CD boys that are still just just starting. So we've got a parsley and a basil that are, they're small, but we, we feel confident about them. Go for it. Well, I have to say, I'm really excited as a vegetarian for all of the vegetables that are multiplying and sprouting forward from this apartment and hopefully at the end of this we'll all be able to have a delicious meal from our garden even if it will probably be a pretty small meal and we'll probably need to get some additional vegetables from the bodega but I'm really excited about it. Yes, yes. And then of course the other area where I'm trying to temper my impulsive spending is attachments for my KitchenAid mixer. Mm. Again, the vegetarian piece is making the meat grinder attachment seem very unattractive right now, seen as... So the KitchenAid website has one recipe for your meat grinder that doesn't involve meat, and it's for, like, a black bean burger. Um, but, yeah, so the meat grinder attachment, that's definitely on the back burner right so what now. So is, is that, like, a $100 black bean burger, then? Yeah, it would, it would be... You'd have to make a lot is. of black bean burgers to... Uh, <laughs> get that cost to be reasonable. The pasta attachment 
I've convinced myself I'll buy it if I can figure out how to make good pasta. Today my pasta was a disaster, so I'm gonna try that again. Well, you did try to make pasta at noon. You said, I think I'm gonna make pasta for lunch. I said, oh, cool, do you want me to put up some water for you? He said, no, 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 I'm gonna make pasta for lunch. And I didn't realize that you meant you were actually going to make the pasta. When I came back down at about two o'clock, I think you had about six pieces of pasta made. But I will say, what you lacked in scale, you exceeded in attention to detail. They were very beautiful pieces of little orecchiette. It's sort of what you were making. Yeah, it was a complete disaster. I overneeded the dough <laughs> and then didn't let it rest long enough for the gluten. So we're going to try that again. We're going to run that back. Um, so yeah, there are lots of things that are uh, to be done. Go for it. Trying to keep myself busy. One thing that most Americans do to keep themselves busy is watch sports. And that's, mm. that's what I wanted to talk about. There is a very funny article in the New York Times about the World Championship paddle. What was it? It's um, court tennis or platform tennis. Platform, platform tennis. Court tennis. tennis. Court tennis, of course, is the crazy French or English sport where like you hit the ball onto the roof of the building and blah, blah, blah. So platform tennis. And there are all sorts of ideas for how we can bring sports back because sports are such a big part. So tonight, and I'd love you to introduce our guest, we're going to talk about individual sports mainly and also training and sports in the, in the quarantined world. Mm, I love this topic. It's one I've been thinking about recently. And as you alluded to, I think we have a fantastic guest for this evening. Normally, our guest would be on the podcast to talk about economics and lots of really serious, heady things. She's been on the podcast before, but very excited to welcome Dana Scott to the podcast. For those who don't know her as an economist, they may know her as an accomplished runner on the underground New York City running cycling circuit where she really tears it up. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I think Dana's a perfect uh, guest tonight because Dana has biked today and gone for a run today, which is, I think, twice as many activities as most people, most of our listeners have done. So, you know, she's not going to gloat. She's going to help explain. Yeah, so Dana, maybe start by telling us what is your fitness routine these days? What are you doing to stay in shape during this quarantine? So I've actually had a small running related injury for the past couple of weeks. So I've been doing a lot of biking inside. Uh, Matt and I have um, indoor bike setups where we uh, really tear it up at 6 a.m. a lot of times. Um, but I'm very slowly starting to ease back into running as well and going for little jogs around the neighborhood. Um, really trying to avoid the parks in an effort to socially distance appropriately. Uh, I think I was pretty successful in that today. And then after my run, I also spent a little bit of time lifting some kettlebells following a routine that one of my teammates from track put together because she's a personal trainer and has been pretty active on Instagram in um, putting together workouts for, uh, for runners who are apartment bound currently and looking for ways to um, improve on their strength and 
um, kind of make some progress there in the time that they have and in the time that they're not really training as much for races. Not all of our listeners may know. I don't really know, as someone who lifts a weight about once a year, what is a kettlebell? Is that like kettle corn? Like, is it filled with kettle popcorn? I love Is it a cowbell? Is it a cowbell? Tell us a little bit more about what is this bell you speak of? Uh, it's basically a ball with a handle on it, and it, it mine weigh 20 pounds each, but you can oh, order them oh. in many different weights from Amazon um, or your favorite other online retailer. Um, but yeah, you can get kettlebells in sizes ranging from five pounds up to, I've seen some that I think are like 90 pounds, which is a little terrifying. But you can get pet probably probably to not meet any shippable on Amazon. <laughs> it was on Amazon. If it's on so, Amazon, our listeners can order it. I was a little worried when my kettlebells came in the mail that the box was gonna like disintegrate before they made it in the door, but uh, they got here. So. So one question I was gonna ask is, and and this is a little tricky, but of the like times you're working out. How many of them are like, okay, I was just going to do this normally. How many of them are like, oh my God, I'm going insane from quarantine. And how many of them are like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to get stronger than everyone else so that when we go back to racing, I'm going to stomp on their little ankles. Uh, I think kind of when we first entered into this quarantine adventure, a lot of my exercise was driven by needing some way to distract myself, like calm my nerves about the whole situation. But kind of as I settled into more of a routine, I found that my mood is um, consistently better across the board. And so um, just having that routine kind of preempts all of the um, all of the neuroses that precipitate the need to uh, exercise out of fear and anxiety about the current situation. So I think the best way to go about it is just to have a reasonable routine and have something to like look forward to um, about your day that involves some sort of activity and just kind of make sure to schedule that in and give yourself time for that, kind of no matter what it is. Yeah, I think it's very important, especially for those of us who are working still. In the office, you get up to go to meet with someone, you get up to go outside for lunch. That doesn't happen anymore, so even if you're not crushing it like Dana, it's still helpful to make sure that you're not just sitting like a schlup for six hours straight. I recommended to you recently, Adam, a standing desk um, elliptical kind of thing that I have seen people use in offices. I feel like that would actually be a great thing to have right now. If you can get the right standing desk set up and you get this elliptical going, you could really have a good amount of physical activity even if you're not leaving your apartment. However, that does kind of depend on your, uh, your propensity for acquiring machinery. Uh, Adam, I think we know that you do. I'm maxed out. You, you, I'm maxed out. You've but. acquired a lot of machinery these days. And I mean, some, some listeners may not be as interested in the acquisition of um, you know, space-intensive appliances that they will continue to have after quarantine. But space is uh, 
Fortunately for us, reasonably plentiful. Dana, I'd love if you could talk about the uh, evolution of your standing desk. Uh, yes, so I don't actually have a standing desk. Um, is a partial spoiler for this. Well, story. it's it's in the eye of the beholder. Yes, yes, it's a it. Mine takes a little m bit more imagination than your typical office-based standing desk. Um, after we had been in quarantine for about a week, Matt and I decided that it would be nice for us to get an additional desk so that we could. Um, share the space a little bit more effectively and maybe get a second monitor so that we could so that we wouldn't have to trade off who was using our monitor. However, much to our chagrin, when we picked out the perfect standing desk on IKEA, we found out that the IKEA in Red Hook was closed and we couldn't even do curbside pickup um, or get a desk delivered. So it seemed that getting a standing desk was no longer in the cards for us, and based on that, I've since basically adopted the kitchen counter as my standing desk. Um, in the mornings when I come down to have my coffee, I stack a cutting board and a bunch of cookbooks all on top of each other to make a standing desk that is tall enough to be close to eye level and also wide enough that I can fit a notebook on it so I can take notes on all the papers I'm so reading. There, there you go, listeners. All those cookbooks you have piled up that you're not using, even though this would be a great time to try to use them, you can use them as a standing desk instead of making the recipes. I, I want to switch quickly. A constant theme we've had on this podcast has been how social media is now a force for good instead of a force for evil. And I mm. think a lot of times on social media, especially when it comes to athletics, it becomes very, like, show-off-y, like, you know, people, it makes people feel like they're inadequate. What ridiculous things have you guys seen on social media right now in kind of the exercise community that is exciting you, inspiring you, or making you think, oh my god, that person is an idiot. One thing that I've seen a bunch of um, kind of circulating within the community that I'm part of, um, which is kind of the pointy end of the running scene here in New York, um, is a bunch of people are doing um, basically virtual races where you pick your own route and you race a specified distance and whoever wins gets like a prize and it's kind of a, a it's kind of not just a contest of who is the fastest but also like who can go to the greatest lengths to uh, to optimize their course to run the fastest i think there have been some really interesting examples of this there's a wonderful group in new york called orchard street runners and they're sort of this ragtag bunch of uh you know, underground competitive runners. They they organize races normally that take place in the middle of the night at two in the morning on open roads in New York. A, a famous race they do is the Bread Route, which goes from Grant's Tomb down to the Manhattan Bridge, uh, basically run down Broadway, down an open street. Obviously, they're not doing any races now, but they have organized all of these virtual races all the way from one mile to 100 miles and so I have not done any of them because I am injured and not running right now but I've enjoyed watching people run uh, very fast miles like 340 something by running down very steep hills and 
I think two people now have completed the 100 mile. They ran 100 miles in a day. It took each of them 15 or 16 hours, but they both did it to raise money for, I think, local hospitals. Mm-hmm. I think one guy um, was raising was raising money for a bunch of um, local businesses in New York as well um, that are like relevant to the running community. So that was really positive to see because like obviously a lot of um, a lot of businesses in our community, um, not just the running community, but in like the community more broadly, are suffering as a result of people not being able to uh, go outside. <laughs> And I think I'll, 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 uh, I'll end with one final comment, which is that all this talk about running makes me want to talk about my favorite thing. You talked about it yesterday, bike lanes. Mm-hmm. And in Carroll Gardens, someone wrote on the street, please run in the street. And if this quarantine makes our collective societal debate turn into walkers versus runners, I will lose my mind because walkers and runners are on the same side. It is everyone against cars. So people are doing all sorts of crazy things to stay in shape inside. People are doing all sorts of crazy crazy things to stay in shape outside. Whatever you're doing, I'm sure it's great, but driving around is not gonna help you. Stand up, walk around the apartment, or be insane like Dana. But either way, stay healthy. Coronapod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her on Instagram at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat. Hey, that was great. Maybe you should be a co-host. <laughs>